Hallelujah. You know why I'm happy for you? This is your year of glory. (laughs) Oh my Lord. In the past, what has happened on earth is this, up to last year. God engraced some of us on earth, of whom, which I'm one of them. And he empowered us in various ways. We pray and the sick are healed. And in this house, we have seen many miracles happening, even up to last Sunday, and some will happen right today. We have seen lame walk, we have seen blind see. And in this house, Christ with Tabernacle, we have seen a couple of dead people raised back to life. And among us are living some who were declared medically dead, whom God raised through the ministry in this house. I have had encounters of Jesus Christ severally, a number of times, good number of times, been taken to heaven several times. And the things I saw in heaven, where I was told in heaven, that will happen in various nations in the world, you are my witnesses that to date and time, they did take place, including what Britain is about to enter in this uh, next week. The journey that will start in the Parliament of the United Kingdom, the faith of our Prime Minister and the faith of politics in this country, God told us. And they happen. And watch those dates. But you see, by the zero hour of January of 2019, there is a shift in heaven. And I saw angels of God release upon the earth. And these angels are given mandates by the Father. Because the Father has sent his glory upon the church. And the angels that God has sent now, they are the ones who will cooperate with believers so that what you have seen as a rare privilege in the past is now available to everybody who believes in Christ. Thank you for that, amen. I can't hear you here. I said that the glory of God is upon you. I want to show you in the scripture, I've been talking to you from the beginning of the year, First, second, third, we are here together. But the Lord had given me <coughs> what the topic is. I mentioned it during this time, prophetically. I'll be teaching you in this season on the three pillars into supernatural. The three pillars into supernatural. Today I will give you the introduction to it, and then subsequently I will go on during the week and continue to teach on that. In these days, the Lord told me, many Christians will see angels, and it has begun to happen already. Some of you will see angels on your dream. You will communicate with them. They will speak to you. They will reveal to you what the Father had prepared for your life, for your family, and for the nation. Mysteries shall be revealed to many of you by angels. But there are three things that... God will want the church to do. These are the three things that people like myself do. They are so simple. And we have access to heaven. We have access to the spiritual rangers around you. 
to go to heaven and be back is a twinkle of an eye. You know, they just send the probe over, over the years that have gone to try to see the edge of the earth, isn't it? Uh, don't you hear news? That probe was announced that this year, January, it got to the ebb of the universe. So when it came out of the space of the universe, thinking that that is the end of life, he discovered that the expanse that is before the probe is probably a million times bigger than this universe. Now, astronomers are now very confused. But you see, the heaven of God is farther beyond all those that they can see and all those they cannot see. But yet, for a, a child of God to go to heaven and come back, just one second, you're gone. And within a split second, you have seen volumes of information. Why you are still worshiping here? So you are faster than the rocket of America. Hallelujah, somebody. Amen forevermore. When angels will tap you on your, on your dream and take you out of your body, take you to heaven, you know, boom, you're gone. And when we die too, boom, we are gone. We don't, we, don't, we don't travel by human time and distance. Because, boom, we're gone. We, are, we pass all those satellites, of course, all those spaces, we pass them, and then we get in heaven of God. So, therefore, in this very season of the new uh, chapter in the church of God on earth, is a chapter that you matter, you will hear God, you will see God, because the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. So, my heart is to take you through a journey, very simple, but it will transform your life forever. Look at the book of... Let's look at the book of First um, John, chapter five, verse four to five. First John five, four to five. For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Shall we read it together, please? This cathedral, really the cathedral way. What is the victory that overcomes the world? Say it loud. What overcomes the world in you? That's the reason why Satan had garbage the church of God with false doctrines. Because faith comes by hearing the, the truth. When Christians do not have the knowledge of the truth, you know, faith cannot arise in them. I was in a crusade the last, I mean, on Friday and yesterday we ended it in Virginia waters. And I was sharing with the people there, you know. I have been traveling all over the world. I've met intercessors, a group of ministers and Christians intercessors. And I've been amazed by them. Because when we talk about, now you have been praying over the devil, let's go to the shrine. And just take about the devil. Oh no, we need to intercede, we need to fast and pray. Because you are going to the shrine. You are going to the shrine. Because they call somewhere a shrine, a place a shrine. So you take that more important for prayer than other places that are not called shrine. It's lack of knowledge. And I say to them, in, in all the occasions that you guys they want to fast and pray. I didn't come here to fast. You fast and pray. Tomorrow take me to the shrine. 
We got to the shrine, I removed my shoes and my, my socks, and I put my foot on that ground. Woe to the devil that operates after I put my foot there. Because the Bible says, wherever the soul of your feet shall tread, you possess. Do I need to come and tell the devil to leave? No, once I put my foot on the place, the ownership has changed. It has changed. Oh, they have put some voodoo on the ground. That's the reason why you should put your own foot on it. So that that voodoo stopped working from that day. Oh, some of you when they died. That's the reason why you should enter that place. So that when you take life into the place, death will give way in that very place. Faith is the substance that gives you victory. And faith comes by knowledge of God and of who you are. Understand when I was teaching about faith, I told you a summary about faith. What is faith? Say it loud. What is faith? Faith is trust and confidence in God. <clears throat> what can make you trust a friend? Relationship. Your level of relationship with a man determines the level of your trust you can have for the man. Same thing with God. People have asked me that, what is behind this, your, your, your gods? <clears throat> what is behind it? Let me help you know this. How many of you are born again? Raise your hand, please, if you are born again. Do you, put your hands down. Do you know what the word born again means? Born again means, I stand at the door of your heart and knock. If you open, I and my father will want come in. So inside you is God the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. That is number one. Oh, someone said to me, but I don't feel different. Yeah, you don't have to feel different. But He's in you. Because the Word of God is yea and amen. That is faith. By faith we believe that God created the heavens and the earth. And Jesus says, if you invite me, I will come in. If you did that sincerely, He has come in. He has come in already. The problem of many believers is that we do not recognize that. We expect to shake and to do some gymnastics for us to know that God is there. Did you know the book of, of False Kings when Elijah was told to come up to the mountain and there was, you know, smoke on the mountain and God was not there. There was blasting on the mountain but God was not there. And when all the uproar in the mountain ceased and there was peace, a still and gentle voice and God was in it. But in the time of Moses, when he landed on the mountain, the whole place rocked all over the whole place. And God was in the midst of all the turbulence and fire. You cannot, you cannot box God. This is it. From the day you were born again, the one who created heavens and the earth is inside you. Do we believe that? Say amen. So, if you are conscious that God is inside you, what does it matter what is outside you? Why should you be afraid of what is outside you, knowing fully well that the one inside you created all that you can see outside you? Is somebody with me here today? Therefore, this is my principle of not having to fast to because someone, we are going to a place that is infested with demons or we are going to a place that some people classified to belong to the devil. Why? Because the earth is the Lord's, not the devil's. And the fullness thereof. 
Hey. And God made covenant with us. He says, wherever the sole of your feet shall tread, you possess. I have had some Christians conducting deliverance for their new property. Can you imagine that? They bought a new building. They have to conduct deliverance for, prop, for a property. Oh my, oh my, oh my. Are you guys with me? Some Christians conduct deliverance for car. Because they said that you don't know how many spirits have used the car. They cannot deliver us for house because you don't know how many spirits have used the house. Oh, somebody died in the house. Oh, somebody committed murder in the house. That's the reason why Christians should buy it and live in that house. Do you think the spirit that made them commit murder remain there? And if you remain there, it's to his own risk if a Christian buys the house. Because when a Christian moves into any place on earth, it does not matter what title or what name was given to that place. The Bible says the earth is the Lord's. And the fullness thereof. And the God who said that lives in Christians. So if a Christian goes to a place where they have been committing murder, it means that murder finished in that place because you entered that place that day. This is what was behind my brain when we went to the La Vega city in, in, in Jamaica. Therefore, Looking at that scripture, I said, <coughs> everyone born of God overcomes what? Everyone born of God overcomes what? <laughs> so now let me help you understand that. Does that not tell you and I that there is nothing under this heaven that can overcome anyone born of God? Nothing. Whatever the devil throws at you, cannot overcome you that is the scripture because if you are born of god you overcome the world are we in agreement i want to help you see what god is saying can i can i just beg you for one thing everyone listening to me all over the world when i teach you the word of god if you have some belief in your brain before just flush them out because anything I teach you in the line of the word, I can tell you my life, practical life experience about that. Someone will say that, oh, it is because you are anointed. Hello, somebody. I said that the days of such is over. Who here is not anointed? Shall we read Psalm 23 together, please? Read that again. Why? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Stop. Are you anointed at all? Are you anointed at all? Excuse me. Are you anointed at all? Now, is there any man under heaven that has a different anointing than that? It must be somebody that was not anointed by the God who saved who, who, who saved you. He says, God anointed my head with oil. And somebody will tell you that they have some special anointing you don't have. You believe that? They are a bunch of liars. I can stand on earth today to tell you that. 
Because if anybody says that he's a man of God, I am also. If anybody says that he has seen the Lord, I have seen him several times. If anybody says that he has signs and wonders, oh yes. Oh yes, I worked on it. And I'm telling you, the oil upon your head is the same oil upon my head. Because this book of Psalms did not distinguish between God's children. It is a psalm for everyone that have been born again by the blood of the Lamb. It says the Lord Almighty anointed your head with oil. Same oil. Not different oil. If, I, if you say that I was taken to heaven by grace, you can go there by faith too. If you say that I perform miracles by grace, you can do it too by faith. If you say that I prophesy by, by grace, you can prophesy by faith. Romans chapter 12 says so. Whoever prophesies should prophesy in proportion of faith. Hallelujah somebody. So, there is nothing that God had done through someone that we may say by grace that you cannot attain through faith in Him. Look, 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 look. Mark, Mark chapter, chapter, uh, um, no, let's look at John 14, 12. John 14, 12. Then we go to Mark very quickly. What does He say? If you have faith, yes, I tell you the truth. Stop. Read it again. I don't like the people at the back there. You're not reading. Read. Let me see how you read the word of the living God. Are you part of anyone? Come on, let me hear you. Is your name written there? You see, the Bible is the most correct English word, a book. It doesn't miss its word. It says, anyone, that's a variable. It fits every head. Either you are a child, or you are an old man, you are a woman, you are a man. It doesn't matter. Anyone. You are just born again right now. You were saved yesterday. You were born again one year ago, 20 years ago, 60, 70 years ago. Anyone, Bible says. If you can put your faith in Jesus, that not in man. If any minister preaches anything that is contrary to this, you are not supposed to believe him is a liar. There are some people who have created classism in the church of God. They want you to believe you are nothing. So that you will always look up to them as something. What is, what is one man in the church that others are not? I am nothing that you are not. Jesus said it with his very mouth. Anyone who has faith in me, he shall do the things I have been doing. What did he do? He raised the dead. He healed the crippled. He healed the blind. He freed the kingdom. Everyone can do it. By faith in his name. Have you seen Jesus fasting and praying because he went to go to shrine? Or couples of witches? Oh, because some devils, some occults are, are boasting, and then Jesus went to fast to go and meet them. Why should you fast for such then? Lack of knowledge. So simple. Anyone who has faith in me, he will do the things I've been doing. And Jesus said, What? Greater works. You will do greater works then. Go back to my first John. 
For whosoever is born of God overcomes. I think you must say something after me. I can do all things. Through Christ who strengthens me. When I tell you to speak, open your mouth and speak. Because when I tell you to speak and you speak, let me tell you something. You have only made your life better. Let me, let me give you a testimony. Last Sunday, I was preaching in this house. And as I was preaching, I walked towards this section. And one of the time, I started to have pain in my anus. So I moved. As I moved towards this section, the pain increased. And when I go to that section, the pain goes off. So when I come to this very center, it becomes so excruciating. And as I move further, it increased and increased and increased the more I moved. And when I came to this spot, I picked up that the persons who were afflicted with that pain, they are around me here. And I rebuke it in the name of Jesus. And at that time, I felt like a lump. I commanded the pain to vanish and the lump to disappear. But then I kept on preaching. I'm sure if you were watching me, you would have, some of you would have said, why were I supposed to just talking? At the end of the meeting, two people came to me. One of them came for the first time from Luton. He said, he waited till he saw me because I had to see so many people on that day. And he said to me that I had hemorrhage every day with lump. I was in excruciating pain when I came. I've been watching you on the YouTube and I said to myself, I must come today. I told my wife. He said, Apostle, I thank God I came. My pain vanished, hemorrhage gone. There is another one also who came up and said that, you know, my own comes and goes, but I was under the pressure and pain of it when you were preaching, and the moment you commanded, the pain disappeared on the spot. There is another one who said to me too, you know why I'm saying that to you? When I tell you to say something in church, say it. Alfred Williams doesn't just say something to, for you to say if the one who's, who, who lives in me is not speaking. That could be the release of your life. So when you read the word of life, read it with life. So that the word you read is the word of the Lord. It comes into you first. And God can achieve what he wants in you. Listen to me. I say, say to yourself, I can do all things. Through Jesus Christ. Who strengthens me. You just broke loose. Who told you you cannot? If God lives in you, what can you not do except evil? It says to me, everyone born of God, not some people, not pastors born of God, not apostle or prophet, everyone born of God, overcome this world. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. So your faith is the victory. Yes, not your fasting. Your faith is the victory. Yes? Should we not fast? We do fast. 
Why should a Christian fast? To cleanse himself. Your fasting doesn't move God. It moves you. Fasting is supposed to change you. The way you think, the way you reason. To, because you, 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 you get involved in every, men, all manners of contamination. We get involved with it every day. So when we decide to fast because in our spirit, we want to consecrate ourselves. Not for power because the power is already there. But when you consecrate yourself, the authority in your lips it gets sharper. I will tell you the three things you can do. And that will be your portion. Ah, yeah. When God heals people, I'm so happy. When when I see people that Satan destroyed their life, and they walk into my meeting, I'm very happy. Because when I see them, I recognize once they came in here, they cannot first of all come in here except God brought them. And God cannot bring them unless he wants to put an end to that nonsense. So when I preach the word of God and I'm full of his unction, I speak. If by speaking people are cursed and their life become miserable, by speaking people will be blessed. And every mystery will vanish, not deliverance, but word of faith. Are we together now? What am I saying about? Or what am I saying about? What am I talking about? I'm talking about you and the person you are now in Christ. Look at the book of Hebrews chapter 1. Let me show you you. Hebrews chapter 1 says, verse 1. In the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and various, in various ways. Yes, please. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by what? His son, whom he appointed what? <clears throat> of all things, and through whom he made the universe. Who is that son? Jesus. Say it loud. Jesus. Now, this is the one who lives in you we are talking about. Come on, let's explore more about the one you carry. The son is the radiance of God's glory. I love it. <laughs> the sun is the reflection of God's glory. The sun is the radiation of God's glory. I love it. Now, listen to me, therefore. God said this is the year of what? God's glory. So, why is Jesus radiating God's glory? Because the glory of the Lord is upon him. Now, if God says to you that it's the year of God's glory and that my glory shall come upon you, what are you there? You are the radiation of God's glory. After the pattern of your Savior, who is the radiation of God's glory? Think of what it says here. The Son is the radiation of God's glory and the exact representation of His being, sustaining all things by His power. Or the powerful word, after he had provided purification for sin, he sustained everything by his powerful word. So you and I live today only by the word of God. Somebody say amen. Somebody say amen. In other words, anything that is contrary to the word of God have no place in your life. 
Let me say this to you. The Bible says you shall be head and that's what you are. It says you shall not be tail and you are not so. It says whatever you lay hands on will prosper. That's what you are. In verse 7 of the same chapter in Deuteronomy 28, he says they will fight against you, it shall not be by my doing. He says those who fight against you will surrender to you. That is what you are. He says they will come against you in one way, they will run in seven directions. That is what you are. No power on earth, no spirit on earth can overcome a believer. He sustains you with the power of his word. It's not possible for Satan to mess you up. If Satan mess up around you, mess him up bad, bad, big time. Listen what we say. After he has provided purification, sustained all things by the power of his word, he sat at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. I want to show you the similarity between yourself and Christ. Jesus, where is Jesus now? Right hand of what? His majesty. In where? Look at Ephesians chapter 2 verse 6. About you too. And we come back here. Shall we read it together? God raised me up. Read it again. Yes. So. The Bible says to you and I who believe in him, God raised us up with Christ and seated us in Christ in the heavenly realm. Yes? And go back to that Hebrew. He says, Jesus is seated in the heavenly realm at the right hand of God. Alright? Balance the equation. Alfred Williams Raised up by God, seated in the heavenly realm at the right hand of the Father. Somebody say, Amen. Amen. That is you. Someone says, I don't feel so. By the time I finish with you, you will feel so. <laughs> Hallelujah, somebody. <laughs> you will just feel so. Okay. Is anybody here who feels like a human being? No, you are just a human being, not because you feel so. You are. Hallelujah, somebody. You are a human being. Now, look at these Hebrews. And he said in the next verse, So he became as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is superior to theirs. You are superior to angels because of the name you have inherited. You didn't understand me. What do people call us? Christians, isn't it? And what is Christian? Christ in. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah forevermore. A Christian derives his name from Christ. And the name Christ is superior to the name angel. Now, a son is higher than a servant. Or, or, or you know, yeah, a, a servant, messenger. Okay, so the Bible says here, so Jesus became much superior, not just a little superior, much superior to the angels. Why? Because of the name that he has inherited, which is superior to the name of angels. Now, let's go a little bit further on that, verse 5. 
For to which of the angels did God ever say, You are my son. You are my son. Today, I have become your father. Or again, I will be his father and he will be my son. How many sons of God are here? Wave your hands to me. Did Bible not say John 1, 12? As many who received him, as many who believed in his name, God gave them the right to be called what? Sons of God. No son decided by mortal men, but of God. Sons are higher than angels. A son of God is higher than an angel of God. When angels see us, they marvel. Why? Because the one who created them lives inside us. He doesn't live in angels. He commanded. He created angels. But the one who created angels lives in those who believe in Jesus. Because Jesus said, I stand at the door of your heart and knock. You open by your own will. I and my father will come in. He didn't say that you are perfect. You only ask him, give me, Lord, have mercy on me. I receive you as my Lord and Savior and they enter straight away. What I'm teaching you in this season is what is required of you who carry God so that you can manifest the God you carry. Enough of, of giants walking like dwarfs. Yesterday, they showed on television, I think it's BBC or whatever, some lions in South Africa, six of them, they were walking majestically on the third road, and every car had to follow them. And they were walking. And my son said, I don't know that lions are so massive. I said, they are massive. They are king of the forest. They have become king of the road. Why they were walking? Woe to the man who feels that, what a, what a mess. Stop wasting my time. You come down and, and drive them. They will make a feast of him. Are you with me now? You are greater than that. The one who created all angels lives in you. And that's the reason why once you are a son of God, you are higher than angels. Now, let me help you understand your collaboration with them. It says in the next verse 6, And again, when God brings his firstborn into the world, does something resonate with you? Why would God qualify Jesus as firstborn? Because other born will follow. Yeah. Or else he would have said, since God brought his son, he said first, he qualified it, firstborn. Because after firstborn is the secondborn, which is you and I. Yes? He is the firstborn. You remember Romans 8? If you read from 29, yes, 28 says to you that everything worked well. For those God foreknew in 29, God also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of His Son, so that He may be the firstborn among who are the brothers? 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 Who are the brothers of Jesus? Therefore, those of you who do redemption of firstborn in the church, you are liars. Liars! Don't follow them. When you become a child of God, even if you are the firstborn in your, ma- 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 in your, in your maternal line, you cease. You have become secondborn. One firstborn has been sacrificed once and for all. And after the sacrifice of Jesus, God does not require any other sacrifice. Any church where they do redemption of firstborn is of the devil. God did not send them. Satan gave them an idol. 
Those who go there should be mindful when they die. You may not see the Lord. You can't go to a room like church and go to heaven. Though they call it church. Read the word of God. The Bible says that many who received him, God gave them the power to be called sons of God. And it says to you in that 29th verse of, 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 of Romans 8. Let's read it together, please. For those... So your salvation validates the firstbornship of Jesus Christ. Hello? Anything that did not happen to firstborn should not happen to secondborn because the gene of the father that made the first made the second. Are we together? Come on now, are we together? Go back to my Hebrew. I will soon finish Hebrew now. We are talking about the three pillars to operate the supernatural. And again, when God brings his firstborn into the world, he says, let all God's angels do what? Worship him. Whether they are fallen angels, which you call Satan, demons, and principalities, or they are angels withstanding. All angels do what? Worship Jesus Christ. Now, what about you? Let's see further. In speaking of the angels, he says, he makes his angels what? Win. And his servants what? Now, no, no, no. there is something I want to notice. Formerly, he was speaking about singular person, Christ. Isn't it? And suddenly, he spoke about servants, plural. Who are servants of God? Answer me, who is a servant of God here? How many of you serve the living God? Wave your hands to me. The word servant came from somebody who serves. Servant of God is not those of us who we are caller. We are ministers. We, you know, we are, we are like angels when we assume this office. And the office of a minister is to serve God's people like angels too. The same duty. So, the gift that I receive from God serves you. Those who are sick among you, when I pray in that gift, you are healed. People who have problems in their office among you, when I pray in that gift, a word settles all matters. And things you go back next week, things have changed. Because those of us who are called to office of ministry, we are occupying the office of service. Not the, the office of worship. I have heard the minister say that, do you know what, you guys, you know what it cost me? My anointing cost me? That is a devil who is speaking. The anointing of Satan cost him something in heaven and he died, he fell from heaven and he lost his place. I have heard people say, do you know what I paid? What did you pay? Somebody paid the price. He gave it to you when you were sleeping. You woke up and you found it there. You don't know how he got there. Listen to me, therefore. Nobody who is anointed by God claims God's anointing as his. For mortal man have no anointing. Naked you came, naked shall you go to the graves. But the one who created heavens and the earth, who, who died to save many, he has appointed some of them to be apostles, some of them to be prophets and teachers and evangelists, 
And their duty is to equip God's people so that they can be equipped to serve for the work of service. Our position as ministers is not to become a God over God's people. No, 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 no. It's to live the exemplary life. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews chapter, chapter 13 verse 7. It, don't go there. It tells you that you should observe those who are leaders among you. Emulate or imitate their way of life and their faith. So, anyone that God appoints to be a, a, a minister of God, God appoints them to be standard of God in the midst of God's people, so that God's people can know that what God says is true. Hallelujah. I will live that all my life. If you see me angry with you, I can only be angry with a person because you deny my God. You can't mess around with my God and then get away scot-free with me. I will gather now. So therefore, you are servant of God. I love it. So, I, as a born again, I am just equal servant of God with you. Okay? Which is different from I, as a minister of God. When I operate in my office, or you operate in your office, the grace attached to the office, you use it to serve me who don't have, who have a need of that grace. But when it comes to servants, all of us are servants of the living God. Who are you then? Fire. Who are servants of God? Fire. Say it again. Fire. Say it again. Fire. Say it again. Fire. Say it again. Fire. What about the devil? The Bible calls him stubble or shaft or weak. You know something? When you see a shaft being blown by the wind into fire, what happens to those shafts? Burnt instantly. <clears throat> when the wind begins to blow the shaft together, and it, it begins to blow them towards where fire is, what will happen to them? Burnt off straight away. The wind will help the small fire to become a conflagration, while he can blow all the shafts into the fire, so that the fire can burn the shafts. Listen to me. That is the cooperation and collaboration between you and the holy angels of God. The only angels of God are wind. When you begin to cry unto God, and there are some shafts around your life, as you begin to cry unto God, the wind will come, and they will blow all the shafts and roll them together into the fire. The same wind that blows the shaft increases the magnanimous power of the fire, so that if the fire was small, they will help him to become so big, so that he can consume the shaft. That is what you are. That is what you are. The Bible says you are fire. For you, I have told you so many things. And because you have been with me, you have been, you have been with me in some of the encounters. That's the reason why when I was called, into various towns in the world or cities in the world where they said they dedicated to Lucifer. I go there, I don't pray, I only enter. I remember one day they invited me in Orlando and told me, that was some few years ago, that Orlando, there is a place in America they call Casadega, which is the city of Lucifer in America. They do world conventions of Luciferians and Satanists and Voodoo people in Casadega, in Orlando. 
And what happened in that area is that in the whole of Orlando, when I was invited there, they told me the ministers that ministers are always falling into adultery and divorcing their wives. Very anointed ministers. And also there is a lot of suicide among the youth there. So I was called in to come and deal with it. We have intercessors going to pray in that area, and many of them will not even enter there because they said, the moment you enter the, the borough, you will see the density change. So when we got there the first day, they took me to the Supreme Court and told me that there are some devils in the Supreme Court. Let us deal with the devils in the Supreme Court, and tomorrow we go into Pasadega. But they now said we shall fast today and pray today so that we can go there tomorrow. And I said to them, the first one I agreed with, but the second one you are saying, I don't agree with it. I have fasted in my house in London. I didn't come here to fast. I came here to eat. We are going to buy the devil tomorrow. I need energy inside my belly to shout on the devil so that I can bind the devil. And they said to me, what are you talking about? I said, yeah, I don't fast for the devil. I don't fast for the devil. Let's go there. Show me the devil and then you leave the place for me. Oh, the minister said, okay, they fasted. And then we went to the Supreme Court. They were praying in tongues, praying in tongues, praying in tongues. You know, I, do you remember I told you, you don't pray in tongues with the devil, you command him. There's no way that says that pray in tongues with the devil and he shall flee. You must speak English that he hears. Because the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, if I pray in a tongue unknown, my spirit prays. If your spirit is praying and nobody knows what you are saying and demons are around you, how can they obey? You haven't given them instruction by praying in tongues. Praying in tongues is to build you up, not to cast demon out. When you are alone, you pray in tongues. In church, you can pray and you pray in tongues and that builds you up. So that when you are built up, then you can speak in authority. But to, to be binding devil in tongues is impossible. They prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. At the end, I said, come on, take me home. I'm not into gymnastics and I don't waste my time. We went home, the following day they picked me up, all of them have fasted and prayed for one day. We drove into Casadega. The moment we enter the atmosphere, you can see the density change. I said, yeah, we're in Casadega. They said, we know you are going to pick it up. I said, no, no, pick it up. It is distinct. Here is peaceful. Here is devil. Take me straight to their headquarters, I said. We drove into the place. They told me how some people are there with AK-47. <laughs> I said to them, that is very good. It will be a better place to start. Yes? <laughs> we got into Casadega. They drove me to the temple. We looked at the temple. They built a temple like a church. They have on their, on their, pla- on their plaque there, Bishop Such, Reverend Such, and Reverend Such. They are Satanists. I would gather now, if you see someone introduce himself as a reverend, we are caller, you may not think, you may think he's a Christian, you are so, you'll be shocked when he introduces himself that if you ask him, which church are you reverend? And he said, the church of the devil. I would gather, so therefore. I said, take me to the head, to the headquarters. We go to the headquarters, it doesn't take me time to recognize the one who is the head of the whole operations. By the spirit of the living God. There are some ways of life you have to leave. Your eyes will open. Okay? I went to her straight away and I asked her, Can you help us? Can you show us in this, your camp, 
where you have your concentration. Oh, she said, gave me a handshake, check whether I was one of them. I shook my head because the Holy Spirit told me who she was. She was a lay preacher in the Methodist church. She ended up being the head of the camp of Satan. So, she gave me the map and quickly showed me where the devil is there. And I told the pastor, let's go, we come back to her. We got to the place and I said to the pastor, remove your shoes. He said, what are we removing shoes for? I said, we're going to put our foot on that ground. He said, oh, no, 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 no. Apostle, we think you should do that. <laughs> you are a man of God and anointed of God. Can you understand? Can you understand? Because of false teaching. I have just shown you the Bible. He anointed my head with... And who is my? I didn't hear you there. Who is that my head? It's your head with oil. Because they have been involved in all this teaching of different class of anointing, different grade of anointing. Jesus is the only one that was anointed without measure. All of us are given equal measure. I would gather now. Yes, sir. But the teaching in the church for a while has not been so. And yet, those who say that they carry such anointing are afraid to go to the dens of Satan. I put my foot, when I got to the river, the Holy Spirit said to me, put your left foot in the river. And you're right on the ground. And speak to the ground. I did. And I prophesied over that ground that a church will rise up from you. Because the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Everybody who owns a property in Casadega are mediums. Big signboard. Spiritist. Medium. All over the place. Three months later I spoke. We went back to the woman. The rest is story. Three months after I spoke, Jesus spoke to a young man who is a multi-millionaire. Go buy land. In Casadega. He went, he bought land. You know, they thought he's one of them because they believe anyone who is young and rich must be from their power. Lie of the devil. <laughs> That's why you guys have to defy that. You will be rich. God told me that He will give provision to this house to fulfill every vision. We will not beg for food here. We have never, neither shall we. When the guy bought the land after God, the Lord Jesus said, go and build me a church. He's a businessman. Build me a 3,000-seater church. So the man now went to draw the plan for three-seater building, not a pastor, that when I build it, God will bring the person who pastor. And then the witches said, impossible. We thought you are one of us. Nobody for 110 years built any building here that is not for Satan. This is the city for Satan here. And the young man said, I'm building a church. Jesus told me to build church here. So when they were quarreling, they took the case to the, uh, the guy took the case to the law firm where I'm a member of the board. And they called me straight away from America that apostle prophecy you gave us six months ago has happened. I said, what's going on? They said, the young man told me all the stories. And I said to Mark Silver, let us crush the head of Satan because by law we will win. 
There is no land allocated under the Constitution of America to Satan. It's not, George Washington did not remember Satan to put him in the Constitution of America. Really, he threw him out of the Constitution of America. We won the case that standing on Casadega today is a 3,000-seater church. Let me tell you one more thing. I want you, I'm telling you this testimony because sometimes when I teach you the Word of God, if I cannot show you in my life, you think it's a taboo. Because what I teach you is so simple, because the human mind is so complex and we have been taught so many complex things that have changed our, our total concept of God. But God is not complex, He's simple. If God is complex, then why should He relate to man? Why should He relate to man? I was in in, in Republic one day, and that crusade, they sent a, a man, voodoo people, to come and kill me. And overnight, they all put their power into him and conjured uh, two rings, interlocked. And they took that ring, those two rings, and they gave it to the man to go to my crusade and sit down in the crusade with his hand tight holding the ring, say some incantation, and the preacher would drop dead. That was their decision. And I was sitting in the front of the of the hall while the man sat at the extreme back three rows from the back but he that lives in you his name is jehovah sabaoth listen to me suddenly you know the bible says in the book of revelation about a bird that has eyes all over our god does not need to turn his head to see his back god does not need to turn to you to see you if God is looking forward, he's seen everything around him. And from the back of my head, my eyes opened, and that sight went straight from row to row to the third to the last row, and then to the column of the man, and then to the pocket of the man, and his hand was transparent, and I could see. His hand was like cellophane by the Holy Spirit, and I saw the two rings, and I said, Lord, what is this? And he said, that is the one they sent to kill you, deal with it. So I said to my pastor, let me speak, let me speak. They were doing praise and worship. You know, when you worship God, miracles happen, and then God opened your eyes too. So they put me on the pool, on the pool and I said, there is somebody here today who was sent to kill me. I said, you should stand up. And everybody kept quiet. Who will dare to kill this man who has come to preach to us? And I said, the man is on this side. And the people in the front look back, they look back, they look back, they look back. When it got to him, he to look back. And I laughed. I laughed. Look, God in you had made himself so simple so that you will have no excuse not to know him or relate with him. Are we together now? And I understand too. He makes... Angels wind, servant flames of fire. And so I commanded in the name of Jesus. I arrest you in the name of Jesus Christ. And everybody was seated and the angels pushed them up. When the angels pushed them up, the people beside him fled. And they pushed him out of the chair. And he was going like that. You know, when they push somebody, it's against his will. Hallelujah. (laughs) 
And he got to the aisle with his hands in his pocket and he was doing like that. And everybody was so dumbfounded until the angels pushed him to the front. When he came to the front, I said, remove your hand from my, your pocket. He said, can't you see those who are holding me? I said, release him in the name of Jesus. And his hand came out of his pocket. Give me the ring. I took the ring from him. I put it in my pocket. I said to him, this one is going to London without visa. <laughs> now you came to give me death, but I will give you life. Rebuke the spirit around him and led him to Christ right on the spot. And cast out every demon out of him. That I call Christianity. This is the head priest of Kweku Bar. Jesus says, if I cast out demons with the finger of God, then the kingdom of God will come upon you. Where would you put conducting of deliverance three days for this? Show me in the Bible. Show me in the Bible. Gone are the days of lie and deception. In this season, the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. I have 10 more minutes with you. Look at what he says. Father, quick. But about the son, he says, Your throne, O God, will last forever and ever. And righteousness will be the scepter of your kingdom. Righteousness will be what? Say it again. Righteousness shall be. Say it again. Righteousness shall be. Now, if it applies to Christ, it applies to all other sons. If a man is in Christ Jesus, is a new creation. The scepter to rule for you and I is righteousness. Remove righteousness from your life, you are a servant. Hold the scepter, you are in authority. It is the scepter that defines authority. And the name of your scepter is righteousness. Righteousness is not a complex word. Next Sunday, I'm going to teach you more about it. But hold it. The next verse says something. Look at what it says. Shall we read it together? Read it again. One more time. Say it loud. What is the result? You know what God is asking from you? What exalted Jesus because he chose to love righteousness and he hated wickedness. You must hate wickedness and you must love righteousness. It exalts you and distinguishes you among other people. You know, in this church, I give you Bible to read in the morning and in the evening every day. Today's Bible study is what we're going to end up with. And that is First Peter 4 and 5. We will not read 4 and 5, but I will show you 4. You see, when we talk about righteousness, people feel it's a complex thing. No. Righteousness or holiness is just to shun evil. Where people gather backbiting you remove your head from their neck or their neck from their hand where you see people committing evil you run away from it oh for the youth now in, in england there are some breed of devils who just got up and they began to do credit card fraud a christian child will know 
My son, when sinners entice thee, consent thou not. If you steal people's money through credit card fraud or enemies, you will never escape the punishment. Satan will set you up. A Christian must be careful the company that you follow. Let me show you in that verse from Peter 4. Look at what it says. Very quickly. Therefore, since Christ suffered in his body, arm yourself also with what? Did you see that with me? Because he who has suffered in his body is done with sin. Look at the next verse. As a result, he does not live the rest of his earthly life for evil human desire. Somebody say amen. amen. But again, you want to operate God? That's it. No shortcut, no long cut. That's just it. The God in you, you want him to manifest in you? Exalt righteousness and he will exalt you above your contemporaries. This is applicable to every aspect of life. Either in your career, in your business, in your office, you will be singled out by God. But you see, he does not live the rest of his life, his earthly life, for evil human desires, but rather for the will of God. I want to thank those of you that came for prayer, intercession meeting on Monday, and those of you I met on Tuesday in the Bible studies. I was very encouraged by you. In this church, we have Bible study every Tuesday here in this auditorium. We started to look at the book of Jeremiah, chapter by chapter. It is for everybody who comes to this church. Every day in this church, we gather and pray an hour, especially for those of you who live local. People who live far away will understand that they can connect by internet. But you who live local, how can you connect by internet? <laughs> David said, I was glad what they said unto me. We will go into the house of the Lord. Especially those of you who are their leaders. Can you understand what I'm saying? It is those who come to pray that can easily see. I told you that I was sitting down and from my back I could see the back. It didn't come because I fasted. Prayer, fear of God, love of God. Those are the three pillars. Pray all the time. God is near to those who call on Him. Psalm 145, verse 19. Look at what it says here. When you are born again, you do not live your life as you used to live. Hello? You cannot do what you think you should do or write. You know, I told them in New Cross now, anybody who cannot rebuke you when you are doing evil, hates you. You know, people always are attracted flesh to people who can pet you in evil. They will laugh at you on the days of your punishment. But when you have a friend who will rebuke you when you're trying to do evil, that's the one who truly loves you, you know. Because when you have recompense of your evil, he cries. But the other ones who keep quiet, they don't tell you anything or they, 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 they interject into it to encourage you in evil, they laugh at you when you, when you, when you punish my God. 
It may be bitter sometimes, the truth. But you better swallow it. It is medicinal to your spirit. Look at quickly. The next verse. You rather commit yourself to God. For you have spent enough time in the past doing what pagans choose to do. Living in debauchery, lust, drunkenness, orgies, carousing, and detestable idolatry. Listen to me, those of you who are young or old. If you have sexual intercourse with a person you are not married with, and you are not married, you have committed fornication. If you are married, and outside your marriage you have sexual intercourse with somebody, you have committed adultery. Now, the Bible says in the book of 1 Corinthians 6, sometimes we teach about that. Every sin is outside the body, but the sin of adultery is into the body. And he said, if you destroy the body, I will destroy you too. God says so. Because why? Know ye not that your body is the temple of God. Oh, I'm going to marry the person. Then wait until you marry before you can have intercourse. Because every time you get intercourse with somebody else, Satan access your life and body. I know the devil doesn't bless people at all. Well, he bless people with some devils. Somebody whose life should go smooth, suddenly some problem will just erupt, and the whole world will pray for you, God will not answer. You will fast and pray, nothing will happen. Come on now. Because if you defy the body, God said it will destroy you. Look at the scriptures. For you have spent enough time in the past doing those nonsense. Living in the bunker, lost drunkenness, orgies, carousing, and detestable idolatry. The next one says, They think it's strange that you do not plunge with them, that is the people of the world, into the same flood of dissipation. And they heap abuses on you. Look at the next verse. But they will have to give accounts. To him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. And the next verse says, For this is the reason why the gospel was preached even to those who are now dead, so that they might be judged according to men in regards to the body, but live according to God in regards to the spirit. Next verse very quickly. The end of all things is what? Shall we read it together? Yes. I'm going to stop there. You see, the reason why the, the prayer of many Christians are not answered, be clear-minded. Control yourself. Excuse me. If you cannot hold yourself and you have to have sex, marry. You don't need to do big marriage. Go to the court, 120 pounds, I think. They will marry you straight away. You don't need to invite all of us to come and eat. Okay? If you eat belefu and you have the meal, you can celebrate party. You can marry and do your party where you have money. There is no shame in it. Rather than allow the devil to set you up. Because of the fear of God. So that God can manifest himself in you and through you. So that you don't keep on having guilt in the church anytime they speak about that. And God will speak about that. Are you with me now? If you want to be married, I'm a registrar. Come to my office, I will wed you. And I don't charge, really. Yeah, if you go to court, they charge you. I am caught also a registrar. 
I don't charge. I will wed you straight away with somebody you want to wed. Where are you wed? But the fact is this. Before you put your head in wed, open your eyes well. Because if we wed you, you die in it. May you not get into relationship with those who will destroy your destiny. Ah, she walks slim. Ah, I'm so sorry for you. Put on the goggle of the spirit to see what is inside. Are we together now? You know when people were in this house, I always tell you. The woman becomes the, 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 the daughter of the family of the husband. And the husband becomes the son of the family of the wife. So, you young men, listen to me. All of you who are, young, who are not married yet. A woman that will turn you against your parents is of the devil. Don't date them. A woman who will talk down your God is of the devil. Don't even open your mouth to them. How do you know those that are of you? They will love God as you do. So that in your attitude of serving God, when you are in courtship, they will run you race. That is a wife from God. Not the one that will turn you against your God is a Delilah from the devil. May you never fall in the trap of them. Same thing with the man. A man who says, I love you, and you love the Lord, the only way he will show it is by his love for your God. So that you know that you are singing from the same page. You will not be singing, I'm moving on, and he's saying, abide with me. Contrary. <laughs> Hallelujah. When you are saying, going up to the high places, he's saying that, we are going low, 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 low. <laughs> Amen. Don't take marriage simple. That's the reason why also you just go and sleep with somebody because if you sleep with somebody, they decide to get pregnant. You are locked up into it. If you, a man, you impregnate a woman, a girl, and that girl gave birth to a child, and you didn't marry the girl, it is a sorrow that will live, outlive your life. Yes, Jephthah's story is one of it. Judges 11. Because whoever you marry, you marry them with the baggage of another child who has a live mother. Don't you know? If that woman unfortunately could not get married anywhere, settled to a man, you have a baggage in your life because she'll be using that child to penetrate you at the days you want to have peace. That this one, you will pay for it all your life. How many marriages and lives have been shattered by it? But you can avoid it only by obeying God. Be clear-minded and be self-controlled so that you can what? Pray. I want to pray with you. Let's rise up on our feet. God's willing this week we will carry on. I will take you to deeper waters about yourself. But today, God has helped you to know everything that is in Jesus is in you. Amen? <laughs> Say after me, as for me and my house, the Lord shall we serve. Say it again, as for me and my house, the Lord shall we serve. Say it again, as for me and my house, 
The Lord shall we serve. As it is written, someone that in desert wasteland, finding no way to a city where they could settle. They were hungry and thirsty, and their lives ebbed away. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. And he delivered them from their distress. He led them by the straight way to a city where they could settle. I declare to you, in this season, the Lord will deliver you from your distress. For all the mistakes of your past and the retributes that you suffer, by the power of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I command deliverance for you in the name of Jesus. Mercy of God will work for you now. Mercy of God will work for you now. You receive pardon from the Lord in the name of Jesus Christ. And in this season, the Lord will say to you, He says, Some sat in darkness and the deepest gloom, prisoners suffering in iron chain. For they had rebelled against the Lord, the Word of God. And despised the counsel of the Most High. So he subjected them to bitter labor. They stumbled and there was no one to help them. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble. And he saved them from their distress. I say in this season the Lord will save you from your distress. He brought them out of darkness. The Lord will bring you out of confusion. I said the Lord will deliver you from darkness. And the deepest gloom that is around them. And broke away their chains. Everyone bound by Satan. I command your chains to be destroyed. I command your chains to be broken. I command your fetters to be shattered. Every spirit of hell that has been assigned against your life, I stand in Christ in God. I say their season is over. Every spirit of hell that has been assigned against your family, I say in the name of the Lord of all, their season is over. Chains are broken. Your chains are broken. Your chains are broken. Those of you whose children have been bound, if your child has been bound, son or daughter, I stand in Christ in God, I declare bondage be destroyed. You call Satan be destroyed. You call Satan be destroyed. Bondage of hell be shattered. Your brain is free from hell. Your mind is free from the devil. The mind and heart of your children are set free from Lucifer. As you depart the day, the glory of Zion will go before you. He will lead you to the place that heaven has prepared for you. The presence of Yahweh will never depart from you. 
He will lead you to the place that heaven had ordained for you. Father, we bless your holy name. Anyone under my voice that was sick, I say, it is written, however, that shall be known in Zion that we say, I am ill. For the Lord will forgive the sins of those who dwell therein. So I declare you healed in the name of Jesus. I say you are made whole in the name of Jesus. I say you are made whole in the name of Jesus. Your blood is healed in Jesus' name. Your mind is healed in Jesus' name. Your bones are healed in the name of Jesus. As for you and your house, the Lord shall you serve. This I say, whosoever is born of God overcomes the world. Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. I decree that the world will never be able to overcome you. Every decision you shall make will be ordered by God. For whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. So you are an overcomer forever. Finally, if there be any decision that you are about to take that is contrary to God, I command such decision to be destroyed. For any decision made by man that is not of God, that is a child of God, can never stand the test of time. So Lord, I pray that in all your decisions, the Holy Spirit will guide you into the perfect will of God. So shall it be for you. In Jesus' holy and anointed name, we are praying with hands given. Somebody say Amen.